0: I suspect we all underappreciate how important audio is in all forms and formats.
1: Well, if people are listening to us right now, it's all about the effort we put into delivering a good program with good sound.
0: Yeah, and I think we do a pretty good job. Mm -hmm. Uh, So today we're going to delve into that topic with someone that knows a lot about making the human voice sound great.
1: Film, TV, and podcasts all heavily rely on sound engineers. This episode will give us a glimpse of what goes on behind the scenes.
0: Hi, everyone. Hope you've been having a wonderfully creative week. I'm Rod Jones, and we celebrate what people love to do creatively by giving them a voice so you can learn and be motivated from their life's experiences.
1: And I'm Angie Jones. Welcome to Thought Row Podcast. We invite you to subscribe wherever you listen, and we focus on sharing with everyone how they can think, be and live more creatively.
0: Okay, Angie, I happen to know who our guest is today, but why don't you tell our listeners who he, she will be?
1: Okay, well, today we are going to be speaking with Henry Willard, and he is a freelance film, TV, voiceover, and dubbing engineer. He has recorded for Disney, Netflix, Apple TV, Starbucks, and a whole bunch more brands that we all know and love.
0: And I have to also mention that Henry is a really good guy. He is. He's very, very genuine, very nice. But I'm anxious to see how you're going to come up with a quote that's going to go with this episode.
1: <laughs> well, it wasn't easy because um, there's not a lot of quotes about audio or engineering or things like that. But here's a quote that kind of applies, I think, to what's going on. And here it is. The bottom line is that your performance is made in the editing room. And that quote is by Brent Sexton. And in case you don't know who Brent is, you might remember him from the TV show Bosch, Deadwood, and the series The Expanse. And he's done a whole bunch of other movies and TV shows and things like that.
0: Uh, Sorry, Brent, I don't think I knew (laughs) who you were. But that's a good quote.
1: It's a great quote, and it so applies, I think, to our episode today.
0: Well, you can you can really imagine that uh, any performer, an Mm -hmm. actor or a singer, uh, even people are doing commercials uh, and how much they depend upon the audio engineer to record their voice faithfully. It can make or break a, a production.
1: Yes. After all, some people are better known for their voice than who they are in person.
0: Yeah, the character voices, right? Yeah. Even if someone's voice is, you recognize it in a TV commercial and there have been voices just like that.
1: Or, or a video game, right? Oh yeah,
0: video game. Yeah. Um, the sound engineer is the person who makes it sound amazing.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: So let's introduce our guest, but first, Mm -hmm. I know you have an important message for our listeners.
1: Yes, I do. You know, we have been reluctant in the past to come right out and ask everyone. But if you are listening to this podcast, can you please do us a little favor by helping us out? On our website, we have added a feature where you can help support the podcast. It's called Buy Me a Cup of Coffee you just scroll down on the thoughtrow.com website and you will see the button where it says, buy me a cup of coffee. And there you can donate as little as a dollar to help us with our podcast. And they take all currencies, so you don't have to worry about that. And we will use the money to help with production costs and website costs. So please, if you guys enjoy the podcast, Give us a little helping hand.
0: Uh, You know, I'm really glad you shared that because I know we've always been reluctant to add commercials to the podcast. Mm -hmm. But what's good about this one is coming from us.
2: That's
1: true. And it's just direct. So, you know, you know what it's about. Yeah, sure. But let's move on to our interview and we will talk with Henry Willard.
0: Hello, Henry. We're really looking forward to hearing about your creative life as a voiceover and dubbing engineer. This will be a first for us.
1: It will. Hi, Henry. We're all about audio with our podcast. But you take audio to engineering to a whole new level.
3: Hi, uh, hey Ron. Hey, and she Really, uh, really pleased to uh, to connect with you guys today and um, yeah, really looking forward to to having a chat
0: Well, it'll be fun for yes, everyone Yes, definitely uh, But you know, before we uh, get into learning about your occupation, which I'm really excited about learning more about it um, why don't you tell everyone where you're originally from and where you're living now
3: So I am in the UK uh, I'm in England um, I haven't really moved very far <laughs> I was mm-hmm. uh um, I was born in uh, West West Kent so uh, the county of Kent we're about an hour south of London yes yeah, where I was born and grew up um, in a small village I've since uh, sort of moved in with my partner and we are probably only about Ten miles or so from from where I was born. So, oh really? Haven't oh, fled close. very far.
2: Pretty close.
3: <laughs> yeah. 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 When
0: you were yeah. growing, when you were growing up, did you have a do you have a favorite childhood memory?
3: Ah, oh, favorite childhood memory. You know what really sticks with me? It's 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 the memory of my primary school friends. I think. Mm. It's you know not, not necessarily one particular moment or anything like that, but I was, and I still am, sort of quite close with a lot of the friends that I grew up with at a really young age. Mm-hmm. I think we, we were all, at that time, a lot of us were, uh, we grew up in the same village. It was really close-knit. Um, I think even some of us went to like nursery together, um, like a super young age. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I've just got really good memories of growing up with, with these people and yeah, you know, when we were a little bit older, still sort of going down the park and playing football during the summer and yeah, those great, great memories stick with me. I think Isn't so,
1: so charming,
0: an and ideal, wonderful. It a, really
3: an, yeah, ideal ideal. Way to, an ideal
0: way to grow up and, and with all your mates there. How fun was Very that? Very ideal.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I say like obviously we're not all super close now, but there's still a, a nice little core group of friends that yeah you know, we we try and sort of meet up once in a blue moon and uh, and that's really nice and oh, you know yeah. and it's so nice that we go so far back plus you don't have that far to drive
0: <laughs> that's true <laughs> <laughs> exactly well I think a lot of them have moved away but
3: I don't have to go very far at all <laughs> so sweet, I'll meet yeah. you guys down the road <laughs> yeah
1: well you know thank you for sharing that because it sounds so idyllic and sweet and I'm so glad that you are able to still connect with your childhood friends that's so rare these days and you're so fortunate
3: So yeah I think a lot of um, other sort of friends I speak to I think a lot of them sort of stayed in touch with some sort of high school friends and college friends. And it's, it's a little bit more rare, I think. It is. I'm um, coming across others who are still good friends with those that they went to yeah, what we call primary school with. Um, right. Yeah. From sort of the age of four through to 11. But yeah, I've got just really good memories of those, of those people. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: that's yeah, great. So sweet. So sweet. Well, you know, let's move on to our interview now. Um, now that everyone knows you a little bit better. Um, we know that you are a freelance film, TV voiceover and dubbing engineer. Um, share with us what all that means.
3: Yeah, certainly. So I specialize in recording the voice for TV commercials, mm-hmm. um, animation, TV documentaries, feature films, that sort of thing, and yeah, and say so, I'm um, I work freelance, so uh, I can sort of dive into other little areas as well, uh, sort of podcast sound design, mm-hmm. localization, sort of foreign foreign language dubbing. It's really exciting, and yeah, it's it's a little bit different.
0: I have a couple questions about that. One, I'm always interested in sound design, but before I ask you that, tell us about the animation aspect of it. Is that like, like a cartoon or a video game where you have to lay the audio track in?
3: Yeah, so it's the work that I've done for animation. I don't think I've done any video game work, but general sort of, um, sort of couple of Disney shows, that sort of thing, that, kind of animation it's recording the the voices for for characters in these animated programs yeah. so that sort of thing so some recent stuff that i have worked on uh, there's an apple apple tv plus animation that came out last year called wolf boy and the everything factory so that uh, yeah that was september 21 that, that was released so yeah recorded an entire series of character voicing for that. And interesting! Yeah, it's animation is really fun to work on. Um, I'd love to do do more. It's you know you're you're bringing something to life, and there's something so cool about that.
0: What, what exactly, and, uh, uh, Henry? What exactly is the the process? I mean, what do they provide you, and then you marry the visual and the audio together?
3: For for animation, again, the stuff that that I've worked on, the animation is still very much a work in progress. So um, we've tended to record the voice first, and then we, we've kind of got uh, we get given some script. So they've they've got the the general storyline
2: mm-hmm.
3: outlined. Usually, there are lots of pickups where there've been script changes. Um, sort of as we get further down the line, sometimes we'll have sort of drawings of the characters come through. But yeah, I think a lot of the, the actual animation, um, gets finalized.
1: So you, they, towards so the end of the process, they don't do the animation first. They do the voices first and then do the animation for the. the yeah, the, as far as
3: I'm aware, that seems to be the way that, that, um, that I've tended to. Oh, interesting. Can, See, um, I
1: thought it was the other way around. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I thought that like the old yeah, movies. yeah, like
1: the old movies where they sit there with a script and match it. And you they know, match yeah. <laughs> yeah. huh? Interesting. And you also yeah. mentioned something that was really interesting because I love watching different movies on Netflix that are from other countries. And like for oh, okay. a while, we we're watching this Turkish uh, video that series and um they did the voiceover so perfectly on it like you could yeah you couldn't tell you know what was going on it sounded like it was natural is that something that you guys you do with that kind of dubbing it's
3: something it's something that i am possibly getting more into Mm -hmm. kind Mm -hmm. of right now i've done uh sort of foreign dubbing for commercials Mm -hmm. TV commercials where um, I've needed to work on sort of the lip sync side Mm. of things and and it's so it's so much more tricky with with sort of foreign dubbing sort of localization that kind of thing because you're you're translating say you're translating from English to French Um, and you've got the syllables are all different and the the, the mouth shapes are all different and you've mm-hmm. got to try and, you know, whoever's putting together the scripts, if they've got a, such a big job on their hands. So just try and get, get everything within the same sort of time frame. Yes. Words that still, you know, and phrases that still make sense in, in the new language. And then try and consider the, sort of the mouth shapes as well. It's so tricky. And, say so with my experience of sort of foreign TV commercials that have originally been in English right it is tough and you uh, you can only sort of do do the best you can I think mm-hmm. there's only so much you mm-hmm. can do but yeah it's it's really great fun and yeah I'm just starting to uh work with work with a Scandinavian company actually who sort of do a lot more of this
2: mm-hmm.
3: with with sort of yeah, TV shows could be sort of kids shows mm-hmm. that are being translated with foreign dub for the new sort of target target country. Um, uh, yeah. And it's, it's super fun to get into.
0: Yeah, it sounds like, it. you know, when we originally planned on having you as a guest, we learned that you've done recording work for Disney, like you just mentioned, mm-hmm. Netflix, Apple TV, Coca-Cola, uh, Starbucks, Fanta, Nestle. The BBC, Microsoft, Samsung, and a whole bunch oh, more. Man. That that's a pretty impressive list, Henry, by anyone's standards. Um, but I'm I'm just kind of curious. Uh, tell us who was the most challenging to work with, and what exactly did you do for them?
3: <laughs> the most challenging. I don't know if I could, if I could pick someone out and actually. I don't know. I think I, I couldn't name an actual brand or company. Right, um right. But to be fair, I I haven't really run into anyone that's been, or you know, a brand that have been super super hard work. What does occur from time to time that that can be tough is um, a lot of these recording sessions. The the client will be on the on the session as well, usually via Zoom or Teams. And every now and again, there's a classic scenario where, I mean, sometimes we'll have sort of six, seven, sometimes eight sort of members from the client side on the Zoom call just listening in to this voiceover artist who's recording. And, you know, a few of them won't say anything at all. And a few of them from the client side, sometimes it's, you know, you've got a member Say, we're recording with, we're recording for Fanta. There'll mm-hmm. be uh, you know, a Fanta rep from Spain. It could be a Fanta rep from London. Then um, you've got maybe a couple of members from the creative agency who are putting the commercial together.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But what has happened sometimes is they'll there'll often be sort of one person from the client side on the Zoom who is there connected and they, don't say a word for the whole duration mm. of the recording session. They're just kind of there. Say we record from, for an hour and we'll do the whole script and everyone else has kind of signed it off. And then we sort of get to the end. Okay, everyone happy? And this one person will then just unmute themselves and say, actually, can you... Play it all back for me because oh, I'm, no. oh, I'm not gosh. sure about this line and this line and this line and thing. Oh my goodness, we've just spent an hour recording this whole script. And then, yeah. And they wait till the Halloween very nowhere. end
1: to, to make the yeah, comments yeah. to re record. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah.
3: And that's happened on more than one occasion for some reason. Yeah. See, so that's, that, <laughs> that
1: would be super frustrating because you're like, A, you have moved on from it, so you're thinking it's cool and everybody's happy with it. And then to kind of reimagine the whole conversation that you're recording, God... That's so frustrating, really.
0: Well, especially when everybody's tipping their glasses of champagne and saying, oh, God, this is great. You did such a great job, Henry. We're so excited. You know, everybody's (laughs) happy as could be. It sounded great. And then somebody comes in and rains on the parade.
1: Yeah. Hold on, Henry. Let's talk about this. Right. Oh, no. No, no, no.
3: Yeah. Um, So I think I think we've we've had to sort of reschedule the sessions sometimes. Yeah. yeah, that's uh, that probably be the the biggest challenge. I'd say, <laughs> frustrating one. But yeah, uh, like uh, gen- generally yeah, yeah. sessions tend to tend to be really controlled and run smoothly. And uh,
1: I could see yeah, that. that's what it's all about. That's that would be frustrating. But thank God that doesn't happen too often. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. It is. Uh, yeah. It's. Yeah. It's. It is rare.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to move on to my next question. And that is when we see or hear a commercial or for that matter, we'll even watch a movie. We almost always take the audio for granted, but I'm sure a lot goes into making the audio that we are not aware of. Share with us a little bit about your process for doing this.
3: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, my process is just, you know, I'm just one one cog in a sure. whole, whole fleet of cogs that you've got post production houses putting your commercials or documentaries together with a whole load of other stuff. But for me, say it's a voiceover for a, for a, a commercial, for a TV commercial. Right. Um, they'll, yeah, when depending on where the voiceover artist is. Um I do a lot of foreign voiceover artist recording mm-hmm. for commercials. So I actually don't do too much at the moment that is in English. Um, so I'm doing a lot of mm. a lot of European commercials. So I'll usually connect with uh, the voiceover artist wherever they are. Let's say we're doing a German commercial. The voiceover artist will be um, usually at their sort of home studio in their own booth, right? Um, I'll connect with them remotely. Sort of various pieces of software that, that allow you to do this. Now, I tend to use a, a great program that's really popular on the continent over here mm-hmm. called Session Link Pro, and I can I can connect with the type with a talent um, in super pristine quality, like mega low latency, and it's as if. The talent is just in a booth next to my studio. It's um, it's so great, and I have their audio feed coming straight into uh, into Pro Tools mm-hmm. to my system. Mm-hmm. And so the client will usually be on on Zoom as well. So I'll sort of have their audio routed through Pro Tools as well, so everyone can communicate, um, hear what's going on. I say if it's a commercial or anything to picture,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, I'll have the picture and the video on a separate screen on a separate monitor, um, which will be shared with the client as well. So when it comes to voicing and recording the voice for said commercial, right. um, I can, I can sync it to picture uh, there. And then when the uh, client's on the line and we can make any edits in session, if the client wants to hear various takes back, I can do that, and yeah, you know, to sync sync everything to picture. Once we've got a, a sort of selected tone of voice, and they can see and hear their commercial sort of come to life there and then, really. It's, it's an amazing way
0: of working. I think, I think it's amazing uh, that you, you traditionally, this has always been done in a studio somewhere. Everybody shows up to the studio. The voiceover person goes into the booth. They start recording it. Everybody's hanging around the engineer. They're making adjustments and they go, Yeah, that's great. And everybody leaves. You're doing this all virtually and and I guess and successfully virtually is this the way things are going to be from here on out do you see a time when people are going to actually go back to the studio
3: I think it's it's really tough because I think the, the technology is there the way of working this kind of new workflow post COVID is there but there, I think there's, for a long time yet, yeah, there's still going to be a huge element of um, sort of voiceover and ADR recording that still goes on in studio. I mean, a lot of a lot of city studios have obviously invested huge amounts of money in you know, going way back into their premises. And it's not so easy to then to suddenly... Drop that and go completely remote. But I, no, think I didn't even think about. Yeah, also,
0: that's true. There's yeah. some, <laughs> in LA. There's some major sound yeah, major uh, studios. Uh, oh yeah, recording studios mm-hmm. where they bring yeah talent in from all over the world, and they all show up there.
3: So true. Yeah, I think there's also a big element of when it comes to TV, some documentaries and that sort of thing. A lot of that stuff is voiced by um, TV presenters and actors who maybe don't necessarily have their own home studio because mm-hmm. you know, primarily they are they're on the screen, they're actors um, or presenters, whereas those who are voiceover artists by profession, they're going to have their own home set up. Okay. Um, so, you know, actors, it's so easy for them to kind of still go into London, mm-hmm. do their thing in the city, go to, go to these sort of physical studios and that's the way they've been doing it. That's the way the industry still kind kind of works for that side of things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when we're talking about explainer videos, commercials, and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Then voiceover artists recording from home, it's its just kind of the way forward for them. And again, I'm sure we're going to mention this quite a few times, like post-COVID, I think so many voiceover artists, if they didn't have good home setups pre-COVID, I've spoken to so many that... Oh, like during that time, Mm -hmm. they kind of really thought, okay, I need to get myself sorted. And they've really invested in in sort of improving their home recording setups. The
0: the voiceover people that we've talked to, um, they all have home studios now. Yeah, now they do. And and especially um, the ones that uh, read books, that do the books. Um, yeah, they're, of course, all, they're yeah. doing all of those from home. And in fact, they're even doing their own editing. They go in, and make their own corrections and then they just deliver the finished product. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. You're, yeah. What I find fascinating is just you're also watching a video image and you're pairing the audio to what you're seeing in video. And then I assume you're making all the corrections. So it sounds good.
3: Yeah, I mean, working with picture, there's there's sort of two sides to it. There's again with uh, with a commercial uh, that maybe isn't lip-synced. It's just you know voicing to to moving images. We'll usually record that wild. So we'll just record it on its own just to make sure that we're getting the right tone of voice and that it's within a specified time frame, and then. We'll sort of sync it up to picture afterwards. Um, so it's, it's my job to make sure that when we're getting that, that wild take or those wild takes mm-hmm. that, um, you know, if it's a 30 second commercial, I've got to make sure that the, the wild take is within 30 seconds that and that awesome. there are certain pauses yeah. in the right place. Cause then it's a case of, yeah, taking it to just sliding it into the, to the picture and checking that we're, we're matching the time code huh. and hitting the right frames. And then when it comes to, um, ADR automated dialogue replacement for feature films, where you're, you're replacing sort of onset recorded dialogue, um, or adding additional sounds that that becomes even more tricky because then you really are looking at, um, lip syncing and that's a, that's a whole different ball game but one that's, again, super fun to do.
0: I could imagine, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how our listeners, there's going to be the techie people that listen to our podcast are going to be really excited about the things that you're sharing. And, uh and they're going to probably reach out to you and pick your brain as my guess. Um But I want, I want to kind of get into you personally, your, your personal creative creativity, how you, how you think and, and uh, live creatively, you know, we've, we see a lot of challenges take place with COVID, like you mentioned before. And has this been a really good creative experience for you working in your own uh, studio in your own home, but yet you're connecting to people from all over the world? How has that affected you creatively?
3: It's been a pretty amazing journey. I mean, I, I actually only went freelance last October. Before that, I was studio manager and head engineer uh, at a local studio here in Kent, and so yeah, I was there almost eight years.
1: Um, so for
3: a while, and sort of yeah, and yeah, kind of that that, that built up. And um, come October, my partner and I uh, were expecting our daughter, who was born she was born early November, so that was coming up. And I think where, where I was at, at, the studio, I think it, uh, like a lot of things, I think after a certain period of time, it had run its course um, and it was time for a fresh start. And it all just seemed to, to make sense around that time. And the way my partner's to work,
2: mm-hmm.
3: hours kind of work out for her and, and the way that my work can be. Um, I can be pretty flexible. So it just kind of worked perfectly. The timing was great, I think, to to make that transition last fall. And um, and it's been... I just think it's been the best decision that I could have ever made. I've just... It's been a bit of a weight off my shoulders. Um, and I just feel so much more free. And um, I think I've always been creatively independent Mm
2: -hmm.
3: and and this way of working allows me to still be at home with with my young family and you know I've seen my daughter grow up every day for the last eight months and it's just been incredible whilst during that time I've just worked super hard to work on Sort of past working relationships, mm-hmm. build new working relationships, and so many amazing, um, sort of connections have, have been made, you know, in the last, yeah, in the last eight months or so, and, mm-hmm. and lots of, um, lots of new doors have, have opened in the audio world. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, um, yeah, I'm, I'm so fortunate and, and really, yeah, really, Pleased at sort of where, where I'm, I'm able to to work.
0: Well, you're in the you're doing you're in the right place at the right time doing the thing that you're obviously passionate about. Right. So
1: it's nice that you can watch your daughter grow though, and you have that flexibility. Yeah, we were so, able to do that. Yeah, you were able to do that, and so was I. Yeah. So yeah. that was cool. Well, you know our our listeners are always interested in how they can stay focused and live more creatively. What advice would you give to them, Henry?
3: I think a lot of it comes, it comes down to passion, but I think it's another level of passion to be able to, to step into that, that kind of more creative way of life. It's when families come along and and that sort of thing, it inevitably gets a little trickier to to live that way, I think, Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, all I can kind of go on is, is my experience really. And there's just a whole nother level of, of passion that just naturally drives me. And I, I can't help but kind of work super hard at what I do because I love doing it. It's, I, there's no real sort of tedious part of what I do, even if I'm having to, yeah, constantly reply to emails or mm-hmm. source quotes for people, or source voice talent, or anything like that. It's it's super fun, but yeah, I think it, it all just comes from a a really a really passionate place. That I, I just hope sort of everyone at some point can can find that in themselves and, and tap into that. I think I had had that from a from a really young age. For me, it was for me it was music. Um, I, I'm a musician as well, and and just grew up loving music, and it it was my it was my life, and sort of still is. And even in in high school, in uh, in secondary school,
2: mm-hmm.
3: there were there were so many. I mean, I I wouldn't say that I was a a bad kid or a troublemaker or anything like that, but there were there were times when I would, I would ditch classes and I would just go to the music room and just, and just hang out there. Just, it's just what it's just where I felt I needed to be. And that's where I was comfortable. I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I mean,
1: well, at least, everyone has to at do things they don't being, like but, uh, at least you were being constructive when you ditched though yeah, you know, you true. went to the music room to play music and listen and, instead of and be going, cool instead, instead of going of, buying
0: candy bars
1: well, yeah or doing other things yeah. that
0: yeah. were not cool so yeah. good for
1: you actually that's, that's you know, not you didn't
0: actually we never asked you this question but so were you a musician
3: well I still play I still play, um, okay. I still play. Um, so not, it's not full time, but I play professionally. So originally I grew up playing guitar from when I was probably seven years old and played guitar a lot through my teens all the time, basically. And, um, sort of late teens, I, I actually decided to teach myself to play double bass, mm. um, since, you know, upright, big upright bass and yeah, so I just bought myself a, a cheap double bass on eBay and just taught myself and I sort of upgraded my bass a few years later and, and that's what I, that's what I still play. So yeah, every in, month I'm still playing. In what style? We had a,
0: yeah, we had what, a what jazz kind of guitarist on uh, who's incredible, and we we actually oh, cool. we listened to we played some of his music on the podcast. But what what was style what was your style of playing?
3: Um, so a lot of what I play um, at the moment is a real sort of eclectic mix of sort of jazz swing with some rock and roll thrown in there and sort of mash it up with some sort of movie themes. So we'll throw sort of Bond theme and Mission Impossible theme and Pink Panther in there just to kind of keep everyone on their toes a little bit. And keeps me on my toes because we don't really have any set, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a lot of the stuff we do we just
0: kind of henry are you are you recording this and i mean do you offer it as background music or do you use this music in some of the uh productions that you uh, do for your clients Do they drop your music in the background
3: (laughs) i don't i mean i play i play with a guy uh, a guy called steve spall who is a great Uh, guitar player phenomenal guitar player and and singer here and he's been doing his thing for for years now so yeah sometimes we'll play just as a as a two-piece um it's all it's all sort of covers um but you know there's some obscure sort of latin stuff in there yeah so we'll, we'll just kind of do our thing sometimes we'll we'll play as a bigger band we'll get some drums and horns in depending on
0: What I'd like to know, everybody always wants to know this, is how do you stay motivated to get yourself in the studio to make things happen when you really don't feel like it? You know what?
3: I don't know if I've ever really, certainly in what I do now, I don't think I've had any moments where I've been significantly sort of not motivated yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there have been any times where I've not felt like doing, you know, recording some recording some voiceover. It's I'm meeting so many great people along this along this journey, and it's often different voices a lot of the time. And uh, and even when you're, you're recording the same voice, sometimes you haven't worked with them for uh, for a little while, so you just have a have a catch up and. I don't know if there's been any, been any sort of significant moments where I've needed to, to sort of re-motivate myself. Um, I
0: think Angie and I feel, you know, we feel the same.
1: Yeah, I think uh, yeah, we agree. With yeah,
0: yeah, because we like what we're, we like what we're doing, so we get excited. And it's also really interesting to interview people like you uh, somebody that's in another part of the world and is living their life and with their family and following their excited about their life excited about their life and their Mm. creativity journey their creative journey and all that it's that's a joy for us and I can see you reconnecting with VO people that you had worked with in the past and you're going hey how's it doing what's up do you have any kids you know all that kind of (laughs) stuff just the usual chat Um, that sounds kind of interesting yeah
3: yeah it's a boring answer i'm afraid but (laughs) you know I'm, i'm working like you guys i'm i'm working with audio i'm at home right you know i'm really lucky to be able to do that
0: hey could you give a short answer on uh how people could improve recording their voice
3: a short answer treat your space ah Uh, Oh,
1: good one. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for that.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you could, you can have, you know, the, the most expensive microphones. You can, you can, yeah, have like super expensive sort of doors and audio interfaces. But if you've got, if you've got a room with huge flat sort of open surfaces where sound can just sort of bounce around mm-hmm. it's it's just not conducive to to a good good vocal recording so treat those spaces get some yeah get some uh get mm-hmm. some audio we certainly audio. Did. So yeah. treatment in there that was the first thing yeah, we listen did to,
1: listen to how you sound yeah. when, you know before you yeah jump well in. i would
0: walk into this room and whistle And I could hear it bouncing off every wall and echoing. And then so um, we're going to we we're well, we have done one. We're probably going to do another uh, YouTube video showing our space and how we did their sound training. But that that's a great answer. I love that answer. Because, (laughs) you, you know, you see so many people will do audio and audio is probably the most important thing. It's more important than the visual because you have to listen to it, you know. And yeah, if, you, if yeah. it doesn't, nobody wants to listen to bad audio. They'll put up with bad video, mm-hmm. but they won't put up with bad audio. Well, it's
1: hard when you can't understand someone or it's so echoey that they just sound bizarre.
3: Yeah, and you want yeah. to hear what they're saying. And it's really noticeable. I mean, we, I don't know if you had it over there, but I mean, it was obviously a really difficult time. But at the beginning of, of COVID, a lot mm-hmm. of people... We're having to to record from home still, Right. but I think, um, like we sort of touched on earlier, for actors and TV presenters who are used to going into, so um, traveling into into the city to go into a studio,
2: mm-hmm.
3: that kind of all shut down for some time. But they still had to had to do their, they still had sort of uh yeah shows to to put their voice to um and i can i can remember sort of hearing their sort of voiceover on certain programs that came out around that time Mm -hmm. and you can hear the echo in in the room that you can hear they've obviously recorded that voiceover for that program in their living room and uh so i don't know if you guys Notice that at all. Well, you um, know, we
1: what yeah. was interesting, Henry, is we have spoken to a few people that were actors. And since COVID came around, they could not go to auditions. So they had to audition from home, of course. And, but. They had to build like a mini studio to record themselves because if they didn't look good, if they didn't sound good, then the casting director would just simply throw out their audition. Even though maybe they read, you know, fantastically, they would not get the part or they would not get the callback because the quality of their video and their the audio, audio was terrible. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting yeah, the direction yeah. it's gone.
0: Well, yeah, it with makes such a difference. Yeah, especially with everybody doing Zoom calls, mm-hmm. and business Zoom calls. I mean, people really kind of hate those. But it's even, it's terrible. when You have to sit there and watch somebody who's recording himself with his laptop, and then has stuff in the background that's growing out of their head like a plant.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah.
0: And their audio and their is audio bouncing all their over, video and right? Yeah. And, and they have yeah. there's no lighting on them, and they're sweaty.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: just I think just pay attention yeah. to what you're doing and and like try to try to improve the lighting and to make sure that you're not echoing. Like I, I love what you said, you know, about treating your environment. That was so like, yes.
0: Yeah, you could treat it not 100%. only for audio, but you could also treat it visually too if you're video Absolutely. recording yourself. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, I think that we would like to know, what do you plan on accomplishing in the next two years?
3: So I think for me, I would love to do, do more work on, on some TV programs and yeah, some documentaries and uh, work on some remote ADR for feature films. It's um, so all sort of bits and pieces that I've done quite a lot of work on in the past,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, but since going since going freelance, um, I'm obviously specializing in, in some other areas, but, uh right. you know, with the audio world, there's, there's so many different avenues that you can very easily sort of find yourself sort of open to. So yeah, I'd, I'd love to do, to do more work on, on some, some documentaries and, and some movies. That'd be, that'd be really fun. Um, okay. but who knows? We'll just, yeah. uh,
1: Go with the flow too. See what's, yeah. uh, <laughs> what's going to happen. Absolutely.
3: Good for yeah, you. Yeah, totally. See what, see what happens and yeah, keep, keep sort of making connections and opening doors and, and yeah, see, uh, see what comes around.
1: Okay, cool. All right. Well, I'm looking at my time code and I need to ask you this question was cause we're getting a little short on time. But this sure. is the question we ask everybody that is on the podcast, and that is if you're going, if you could sit on a park bench and chat with anyone from the past, who would it be?
3: For me, I would probably say John Lennon. Oh, um, nice. I'm a I'm a huge, huge Beatles nut. Um, I grew up on the Beatles. I was obsessed from. Yeah, from when I was probably like seven years old, and yeah, just knowing how how creative John was, certainly, you know, as you know, as as a as a youngster and as a teen growing up, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think he again he going through school again he he just wanted to to be creative. He didn't want to. <laughs> you know, i think he was maybe uh, a bit more stubborn than i was
0: i think that's i think that's a, a great answer. A wonderful answer and
3: i noticed I on beatles,
0: your so i noticed me. your picture on uh instagram your hair is cut rather short so apparently that's one <laughs> trend the beatles started that you're not following
3: yeah <laughs> yeah john lennon that would be uh
0: Yeah, definitely. uh, Unfortunately, conversation. You know, that's a perfect person to choose. Absolutely. You know, it's time for us to wrap this up. And, and, you know, Henry, you obviously are very creative, and I hope people can pick yeah. up on some of the creative things that you do, and, and, and Angie will share where people can learn more yes. about you. Um, and we, to be perfectly honest, we kind of had you on the show for selfish reasons, because we always like talking audio. Oh, definitely. Um, and I probably have a gazillion more questions for you <laughs> at some point. But I think that there's a lot of people that are going to be very interested mm-hmm. in hearing your creative journey, which is kind of a fascinating anyone and uh we really appreciate you being our guest.
1: Yes, thank you so much. And I think it, people really don't understand the dynamics of film and TV voiceover dubbing. So thank you for sharing that with us. It's it's been really interesting hearing all the background of of what goes on. So thank you for being with us today.
3: I no worries. Yeah, my my absolute pleasure. It's been so nice to chat with you. Yeah, I just want to thank you for Having me on, I really appreciate it. Um, you're it's, very, been, very it's been welcome
1: great. You're very welcome. And now I need to let everyone know if you'd like to know more about Henry Willard, we will have links for him under the show guest tab on thoughtrowpodcast.com So everyone can learn more about him and please connect with him on social media and check out his website.
0: And if you need a voiceover dubbing work yes. for your movie that you're <laughs> please producing, contact him. Please contact him.
1: Absolutely also if you're enjoying our podcast both rod and i would really appreciate you buying us a cup of coffee just go to thoughtrow.com scroll down a bit and you can find that link right on our website on the homepage.
0: it's really easy to do by the way yes it is and all the money we receive goes to our production costs Yep. and primarily because we want to keep our show commercial free And we want to continue to bring you the best quality content with great guests.
1: That's right. Thank you for listening to Thought Row Podcast.
0: I'm really glad you tuned in today. We hope you enjoyed the thoughts and ideas we shared with you.
1: We post a new podcast every week. So remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. So it's bye for now from my husband, Rod, and I wishing everyone a great day.